What's going on, family? Good day to everybody. It's your man, GB Gerard Bonner, and this is the Faction Quick Hits. I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you've had an amazing day already. And remember, great things are to come. We're officially in the month of March. It is by far WrestleMania season, and I'm really excited because I think one of the things we're going to bring to you guys is a series of WrestleMania recaps and reflections, okay? We are certainly about five weeks away from WrestleMania, and we know WrestleMania season is just a great time to have reflective conversations about all things connected to WrestleMania. So I hope that you're prepared for it because it's going to be special special time shout out to everybody who joins us of course on the socials instagram facebook and twitter at the faction show we greatly appreciate you big shouts to those who are of course following us and subscribe to us on all of the places you can check out our podcasts including spotify google and apple thank you so much if you haven't done so go ahead and rate us and leave a comment there as well Those things really make a difference and it allows more eyes to see us in those particular spaces. Also, if you're a wrestling fan, you likely have wrestling friends, right? There's a circle of folks that you rock with. Do me a favor and share this podcast with them. It'll be a game changer for sure. So with that said, I promised you a conversation about WrestleMania, and as we get into our WrestleMania conversations, it's very interesting to see what happened on SmackDown this past Friday, because one of the things that happened was the announcement, number one, that Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns is going to close WrestleMania Sunday. So we know that's going to be the main event on WrestleMania Sunday. We also understand that Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair is going to happen on WrestleMania Saturday. So will that close the show? I'll say likely yes, right? But with that said, one of the things that happened on SmackDown was that it was announced that Brock versus Roman will not just be champion versus champion, but it'll be title versus title, winner take all. So we know that one of them is walking out with both championships, but they also said it's a title unification match which means the wwe championship and the universal championship will be merged this is big news on a lot of fronts and so they also mentioned that it's going to be the biggest match in wrestlemania history so before i tackle that i want to tackle the unification piece Okay, so one of the first questions that comes up is, what does this unification actually mean for WWE, right? If you think about it, WWE has gone pretty much since 2016 with this Universal Championship. In fact, it was July 25th, 2016, that the WWE Universal Championship was created. And it was created with the name, thanks to Mick Foley. The design was for Raw to have a world champion and for SmackDown to have the world champion. At the time, the WWE title was being split between both brands. And then in 2016, in classic Mick Foley fashion, he deemed the Universal Championship, just that. It was a championship named in honor of the WWE Universe. The first champion, of course, was crowned at SummerSlam 2016 as Finn Balor defeated Seth Rollins. Now, one could argue that the Universal Championship's history 
already was a little tarnished because Finn Balor the next night would relinquish the Universal Championship because he was injured in the match at SummerSlam 2016. A couple of weeks later, the championship would be decided in a fatal four-way match that would be won by Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens would win the Universal title and hold on to that, of course, until 2017 when he meets Goldberg, right? And then we have Brock Lesnar holding the title, winning that title, I believe, at that year's WrestleMania against Goldberg, and we're off to the races. And so the Universal Championship has had interesting history. Of course, when Brock Lesnar was the Universal Champion, that title did not appear on TV that much because he didn't appear on TV that much. So we're looking at a title that has about five and a half years of tenure to it. The title would then move over to SmackDown, and when the title moved over to SmackDown, now the longest reigning Universal Champion is currently Roman Reigns, who you could argue has brought that title some significance to say the least okay so that's the universal championship the wwe title has had tremendous history of course since its inception back in the 60s when they broke away from the nwa to form the wwwf buddy rogers being the first wwe champion that title over 50 years of history a lot of things have happened close to 60 years of history now Lots of champions, of course, you had the longest reigning champion being Bruno Sammartino. Other longstanding champions include Bob Backlund, Pedro Morales, Hulk Hogan. Uh, we've seen all sorts of things, CM Punk. Significant title reigns, and the WWE title had long been the most important championship in WWE. So... What does it mean that the title is being unified? Well, it's not the first time that WWE, A, has had multiple world champions in its organization, and B, has decided to unify them. Let's go back to 2001, when WWE purchased WCW. They purchased them in March of 2001. We would not see WCW in active competition on our television screens until that summer, circa June 2001, where Booker T, of course, at that time was the WCW champion. He would come on to WWE TV with that particular title, and from there, we're off to the races. So we would see the WCW title defended. We'd see the WWE championship defended. Of course, all of that would come to a head at the 2001 Vengeance pay-per-view on December the 9th, 2001. Now, why was that date significant? Because that was the date where we had our first unification match and many would argue a super significant unification match as it was the then WCW championship being unified with the WWE championship at that point to create one world title one unified title which would be won by Chris Jericho in a one night four-man tournament that featured Kurt Angle, The Rock, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. With all of that said, we would see one champion happen for quite some time until WWE would introduce their brand split. The brand split, of course, would happen where SmackDown and Raw would have their own thing going on. At this point, the WCW title was taken away. We did not see it on TV. We had one undisputed championship, one belt, that was held by Brock Lesnar for a bit. 
when this split happened, Brock Lesnar would go over SmackDown, and then the WCW Championship, the big gold belt, would be brought back to television thanks to Eric Bischoff. The irony of that is not lost on us either. Of course, it's Eric Bischoff, of course, was the general manager and the VP, of course, at WCW for quite some time. So Raw gets what is now called the World Championship, and we have now two world champions in WWE, one for Raw, one for SmackDown. These titles would operate congruently and they would both seem to hold a lot of meaning in the world of WWE. There were a couple of times where those championships would be merged. We think back to, of course, another final pay-per-view of the year, which was 2013, where those championships would be merged. John Cena versus Randy Orton. Randy Orton would win that match. Winner take all, he gets both championships, would take that into WrestleMania 30 in 2014, where Daniel Bryan would win those titles, be unified champion. So with that said, he would hold on to this unified WWE championship, of course, until we get to 2016, and that's where we have the introduction of the universal title. So I give you all of that history to ask, what does this unification mean? Well, I think it's a sign of things to come. And here's what I mean by that. I believe that WWE, and I've been saying this for a while, is positioning themselves for a sale. And if you're going to be in a great position to sell a product and you're going to be considered both sport and entertainment, then there has to be only one recognized world champion. Think about this. All of your major sports, the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, the NHL, all of those spaces, including MLS, Major League Soccer, they all have one recognized world champion. There may be divisional champions and the like, but there's only one world champion. You don't have confusion in the NFL over who the Super Bowl champion is. We know who that is, right? And it can change yearly, but there's only one champion. I think at this point in 2022, their decision to unify these championships says very simply that they want one recognized world champion so that when somebody comes in and looks at who is the face of the brand, it's not trying to decide, well, is it Brock Lesnar or is it Roman Reigns? Is the most important title the universal title or the WWE championship? So instead of having that debate and putting that in front of people who are trying to buy, you have one world champion. Now, does this mean that the brand split is done? Maybe, maybe not. I think they still keep two separate brands in terms of Raw and SmackDown. You keep two separate shows. Or if you don't have a brand split, now you have the potential of your biggest guys working both shows. Where that could be problematic is that obviously takes opportunities away from a large roster that's not already being fully utilized. So in my opinion, you have one world champion, two separate brands, that champion travels from brand to brand as necessary, defending the title, much like what used to happen back in the day of the NWA, where the NWA world champion would travel from territory to territory. You can treat Raw and SmackDown like territories and have your world champion there. But I really believe that this is happening simply for sales purposes. Now, let me also say this. I think it is kind of crazy 
that the WWE had never had a championship merge happen at WrestleMania. WrestleMania was always considered to be the biggest card on WWE's calendar, and now it is the biggest wrestling card, period. So how in the world they are not having these kinds of matches there blows my mind. It always blew my mind that over the last few years at the Survivor Series, you would have the champion versus champion situation, though it was never title versus title winner take all. So with all that said, I think it makes sense that this is at WrestleMania. Now, understanding what this is going to potentially do for WWE. Understanding that it is legit two world champions having a title match, winner take all at WrestleMania. The question now is, is this really the biggest match in WrestleMania history? Gotta give you an answer to that when we return. Southern Honor Wrestling is now on IWTV. Relive the biggest moments and memories from SHW's historic first year. Simon Dallas Page is here at Southern Honor Wrestling. Chris Jericho is here and Kent Georgia is going on. Oh my God! Get the Omega! Oh man! Over you! Oh! Logan Creed just put Corey Hollis through the ring. Oh! Oh! Man. He just dropped he right down across the windshield. windshield. And he's through the windshield. And, and that's it. Ring the bell. He put him through the windshield. Your forks because we're just getting started. Don't miss another second of SHW, the fastest growing independent promotion in the Southeast. Check out Southern Honor Wrestling now at independentwrestling.tv. New subscribers use promo code SHW to get five free days. SHW, this is our wrestling. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. So what are you doing? Well, you know, I gotta plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown, and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm gonna start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were going to start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content, but that I started to see all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were going to be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perception's reality. How did we get on Southern Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm going to do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea? And we're gonna pack 1,000 people! I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. Hey, How about that? Oh. The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever gonna happen here forward a few minutes later. It was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year is going to be mine. COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. 
so many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there is a them and there is a you, there will always be a S-H-W. All right, guys, so now let's dig into the big question. Is Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania title for title unification match? Is this the biggest match in WrestleMania history? Well, let's start here. I think first and foremost, we have to make a delineation, right? We have to draw a line in the sand between what we consider the biggest match in WrestleMania and the greatest match in WrestleMania history, right? There's a difference between the two terms, and I want to help at least lend some thought or lend some perspective into why I believe there's a difference between those two words. The biggest match in WrestleMania history would suggest that it is the match with the most at stake, that it is the match that potentially can send ripples throughout the wrestling world, not just for the coming month, but really for years to come. When we talk about the greatest match in WrestleMania history, we're talking about a match that obviously makes you feel something, a match with great technical expertise, a match that, again, has something of significance that's on the line. But with that said, it is executed in such a way that you just want to watch it over and over and over again. It's possible that the biggest match and the greatest match could be one and the same. However, with 37 years of WrestleMania in the back view, with hundreds of matches behind us, it is highly likely that the biggest match in WrestleMania history and the greatest match in WrestleMania history are not necessarily the same. So as we tackle this, I want to just jump at this here. I'm reminded when I saw this of 2020, April of 2020, if my dates are correct, it might have been April or May, it was the Backlash pay-per-view coming off the heels of the lowest attended WrestleMania of all time, the first WrestleMania that was pre-recorded, the first WrestleMania with no fans, WrestleMania 36. We're coming off the heels, of course, of the massive WrestleMania where Kofi Kingston becomes the WWE champion, the first all-women's main event in WrestleMania history, and WrestleMania 36 was supposed to be legendary, and it was because it was the first two-night WrestleMania and there was a global pandemic where WWE said we're not canceling WrestleMania. We'll just move it to a closed set. With all of that said, the pay-per-view after that would be a pay-per-view that would house what WWE coming into the match called the greatest match ever. You guys remember that? It was Edge versus Randy Orton. And they did things to try to hype it, including having the mic drop like in old WWE days, including having the voice of Howard Finkel, the late, great Howard Finkel, as the ring announcer. They did all of these things to try to hype this. They had multiple camera angles. They recorded some elements of it multiple times. And as the story goes, it was in one of the recorded takes that Edge actually suffered an injury that kept him out for months. 
watching that match, coming into it, calling it the greatest match ever, felt wrong. And to be honest, in my opinion, it was not the greatest match ever. I could think of easily 10 matches that come to mind that I felt like were greater matches than Edge versus Randy Orton. In fact, I like their WrestleMania match more than this backlash match that happened, okay? So with all of that said, my issue is you cannot call a match the biggest match in WWE history or the biggest match in WrestleMania history before it even happens. We don't even know what's going to happen. And here's the crazy thing, especially in these days and times, you have to be careful with doing that because life is unpredictable. We've already seen multiple times how a thing like COVID-19 can change your main event. Do we need to just go back to not even last year or WrestleMania 36? Let's just go to the top of this year. Let's go to day one. When Roman versus Brock was supposed to happen and Roman gets pulled out of the main event because he's tested positive for COVID. So I'm careful with overhyping moments like this. And WWE is really, really good for trying to overhype matches, to trying to make us believe this is the biggest match. This is that. This is that. So I'll say this. It seems to me like Brock versus Roman is kind of the modern day big match feel that happens. So Josh Spiel, who I know will love the fact that I just shouted him out, has been one who has chronicled a lot of the history between Brock and Roman. And if you don't believe it, just go and check out one of his comments on our, our recent post about this. So these guys have battled several times and they've been battling in a WrestleMania context since WrestleMania 31. So that at this point is about seven years that we have seen Brock versus Roman in some format at WrestleMania. Now, we've seen it in other places as well. We've seen it at a SummerSlam. We saw it at the Saudi pay-per-view a couple of months ago. We've seen them go to battle multiple times. They're somewhat even in their battles. Now, I will say that there's probably been no match that has held bigger stakes between these two than this upcoming WrestleMania match. Both of them coming in as world champions. And it's a first for WWE. WWE has not had a title unification match happen at WrestleMania of this magnitude ever before. So if you want to call it the biggest WrestleMania match for that reason, I could potentially get it. And perhaps the day will come where we look back at it and say, that's the match that changed the course of WWE. Right now, I can't say that. I can't say that. And here's why I can't say that. Because the Universal Championship only has five and a half years of history and sorted history at that, okay? We're right now in the middle of the longest reign, the most significant reign in Universal Championship history, that being Roman Reigns. I think it's safe to say he's the greatest Universal Champion of all time hands down. But what is that saying 
over a five and a half year period when a guy like Finn Balor gets to hold the title for a day. A title that Kevin Owens, I thought, held masterfully until it was ripped from him by Goldberg. Goldberg, a two-time Universal Champion. Brock Lesnar, a multi-time Universal Champion. Roman Reigns eclipsing the reign of Brock Lesnar. You then have guys like The Fiend, who are the Universal Champion, or even Braun Strowman, the Universal Champion. So there are some names that were notable, other names that aren't, but it just doesn't have the level of history that the WWE Championship has. In my opinion, the greatest unification title match was, of course, 2001, the unification of the WCW and the WWE titles at WWE Vengeance in 2001. Why was that so significant? Because it is something that we had only dreamt of. We'd only dreamt of WWE versus WCW title for title. Yes, it happened on WWE soil, but it was still the WCW championship, which traced its roots all the way back to the NWA championship. Adding that and merging that with the WWE championship made the WWE championship that much more prestigious because now it can be traced all the way back to that 1901 lineage of the World Heavyweight Championship that eventually became the NWA Championship, that eventually became the WCW Championship, that then merged with the WWE Championship. Merging a five and a half year old title with the WWE Championship doesn't mean a whole lot sorry you can hype it up but it doesn't mean a whole lot I think it's dangerous to call something the greatest match ever before it's even happened right or the biggest match ever before it's even happened I can look at some other matches and consider them in Wrestlemania history the biggest match ever I cannot discount Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant, WrestleMania 3. Why was that a bigger match, in my opinion? Here's why. First of all, that match headlined what was at that point the biggest WrestleMania of all time, only to be eclipsed by WrestleMania 32 in terms of size in Dallas, Texas. That was the only facility that was large enough to top a WrestleMania attendance record that stood for nearly 30 years. And what's even more significant about that is they did not have the advent of social media back in 1987. Not just that, but they sold out 93,000 tickets with a month lead in. So to me, when I think about the biggest matches in WrestleMania history, that's one. I think about the first time we saw a title versus title match, Hulk Hogan versus the Ultimate Warrior. The first time that we saw two good guys battling in a main event, and it proved to be the first time that Hulk Hogan would lose at WrestleMania. It was a changing, a symbolic changing of the guard. I see that. As one of the biggest matches in WrestleMania history. I see Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 25, as one of the biggest matches in WrestleMania history and one of the greatest matches in WrestleMania history. These were two legends, two icons right there at the peak of their prime, giving us an incredible match, a match that really began helping us understand the importance of The Undertaker's WrestleMania streak. And it was the first real threat that we saw 
to his streak. It was the first time that a match was so good that they had to run it back and they made it the main event of WrestleMania 26, which ended up being the retirement match for Shawn Michaels. Biggest match in WrestleMania history. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know that we're ready to put Brock versus Roman there yet. I don't think we're ready to put that yet. In terms of biggest matches, what about Sting versus Triple H? We might not have liked the outcome, but it was Sting's first and only WrestleMania appearance, something that we never thought we'd see happen against Triple H. I think there are a lot of biggest WrestleMania matches. You could argue... You could argue WrestleMania 35, the triple threat match that saw Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, and Ronda Rousey, the first women to main event a WrestleMania. Or you could look at Kofi Kingston defeating Daniel Bryan. That match and the journey for Kofi Kingston there being one of the biggest matches in WrestleMania history. I get what WWE is trying to do, and I'd say... Brock versus Roman, definitely the two biggest stars. They definitely should be closing out this year's WrestleMania on a two-night basis. I don't think there's any question about that. Title for title certainly beefs the argument. But I don't believe that the Universal Championship has the level of value as even the Intercontinental title did in 1990 when Ultimate Warrior brought that in against Hulk Hogan. So I'm careful about hyping this up in that way. And by hyping it up, by overhyping it, now you need these two to deliver. So I'm not convinced yet. They're gonna have to do a lot more convincing to make me think that this is gonna be the biggest match in WrestleMania history. It's the biggest match they could come up with right now. That's safe to say. But no, it's not the biggest match in WWE WrestleMania history. Now, I'd love to hear from you. What do you think is the biggest match in WrestleMania history. Hit us up on the socials and let us know. All right, guys, we're going to get out of here. I hope you've had an absolutely amazing day and I hope you've enjoyed the show. Can't wait to hear from you. And until next time, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the EP, John Murray. My name is GB Gerard Bonner and this is The Faction. I need my people here.